Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm joined by sophomore on the Louisville women's lacrosse team, Callie Bishop. Last season, Callie finished the season with two ground balls, one cause turnover, and five draw controls. Before college, Callie received the Anna Menke Lacrosse Award for dedication to lacrosse, service, and team culture, and was named NHL LAX Player of the Year. Thank you so much, Callie, for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Awesome. You know, I'm super excited to be on. It's really nice out here in Louisville right now, so can't complain. (laughs) Well, it's the complete opposite uh, where I am right now. It's pouring rain, so hopefully we get some (laughs) year weather coming our way very soon. I hope so, too, for you. (laughs) Now, obviously, summer just ended this past weekend officially, so how was your summer this past year, and what did you do uh, this summer? Was it anything interesting, whether it was lacrosse-related or not? Yeah, um, it was great. Obviously, a lot of training, and I spent a lot of the summer refing and coaching some camps and also coaching for the club team I played for, which was a lot of fun. But I also got to live this summer down on Cape Cod with my best friend. So nice. it was was a nice summer for sure. (laughs) What part of Cape Cod were you at? I'm in Falmouth. Oh, nice. I used to intern for the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox, Cape, Cape Cod Baseball League team. So I know a little bit about that. And that's a really fun area to be a part of. So I'm glad you had a good time. And yeah. um, was refing sort of a unique perspective on the game that you think helped you out for next year or will help you out for next year? Yeah. So I've been refing since my freshman year of high school because it just sort of seemed like a good opportunity to make some extra money, especially with my lacrosse schedule not really letting me have a normal sort of kid job. And honestly, I really like it because it keeps you active and um, it's just fun to be outside and get to do that versus being in like an office job or working at a grocery store like most young kids would have to do. But yeah, it definitely in high school really changed my perspective in terms of how hard the referee's jobs are and also um, the different setups and stuff sort of helped me uh, move quicker with everything, I would say. But now uh, we just played our first fall ball weekend and there's all sorts of rule changes this year in the NCAA. So um, I'm going to have to check out my rule book because it's all crazy right now. But yeah, hopefully no parents are chirping you because I feel like every time (laughs) I hear about someone refereeing, it's always a negative story. So hopefully you're not dealing with any of that stuff. Yeah, you'd be amazed. Um, Some people can have some choice words for you, but I also think dealing with that sort of thing only helps you in the long run dealing yeah. with you know because the, the six year lacrosse game is like the end uh will decide so many things about a kid's oh, future it is so the world, it's the world championship it <laughs> yeah. truly is. every game is the world championship so <laughs> now in regards to sort of your training for the upcoming season what did you hope uh, to work on and what was like the biggest thing you worked on yeah i think honestly this summer a lot of it is just about like keeping your stick in your hand and obviously working on your skills and your fitness. And that was something that I really dedicated my time to, but I also wanted to take it as an opportunity to remember that like lacrosse is fun and it was just fun to be able to have a catch with some of my teammates from high school or from club and um, get to work hard with them too. Cause obviously I get to work super hard with my teammates here in Louisville, but it was nice to sort of reconnect with some old teammates and put the work in with them too, which was a lot of fun. So you're now back in school. When do you guys like officially start practicing as a team? And what do you guys work on in the fall before the season begins? 
Yeah, so we got here around mid to late August, and we've slowly sort of ramped up um, what we've been doing in terms of lifting and conditioning, and also just getting the freshmen acclimated into our systems because obviously there's a lot of plays to learn, a lot of defenses to learn, just our terminology, and really everyone has to learn what it's like to play with different people. So that's sort of our main focus in the fall is sort of getting everyone on the same page. But now we had our first weekend of fall ball scrimmages this past weekend. So we really sort of put the hammer down and it's sort of grind mode now to kind of work out the kinks and honestly just get ready for the spring, but also take it kind of a fall ball play day at a time. So how are the new players looking specifically the freshmen? The freshmen look great. Honestly, they've come in and really, adapted socially so well and there's some great talented girls that we brought into this program and it's just super exciting to be able to share this place with another class of girls because this place means so much to me and I love it so much it's just exciting to be able to share that um, with some new faces. So I now want to transition and talk about the beginning of your lacrosse career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. Uh, So from the research I did on yourself it says you're from Weir, New Hampshire. So talk about growing up there and how to start playing lacrosse. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because my teammates love to make fun of me for being from New Hampshire because they actually think that I like live in the woods and it's the stone age and I'm like hunting and gathering to survive. But honestly, like that's not- Maine, that's not New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I try to tell them. But um anyway, they're not too far off. Where is a super rural town? Um think our population is less than 10,000. So we don't have a restaurant. We don't have a grocery store. Like it's, it's a very small town. And so there wasn't a ton to do growing up. And so my brothers had started playing lacrosse and I just sort of do, I sort of wanted to do whatever they were doing. And my older brother, Cam would have his friends over and they'd have a catch in the yard. And it was just, I always wanted to like be involved with whatever my older brothers and their friends were doing. And so then there wasn't girls lacrosse in my town. And so I had to play boys lacrosse until I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And I had started in kindergarten and everyone was so much older than me. And I was one of the only girls on the team. So I was pretty happy once um, I finally convinced my mom and enough of my friends to play with me so that we could have our own girls team. And I didn't have to play with the boys anymore. Is there like a transition going from girls to boys lacrosse? I think it would have been more if I was older, but because I was still so young, it wasn't super physical at that age yet. Um, And I had like passed around with a girl stick before, like gone to little clinics and stuff, but I think it would have been harder the older I got, but luckily it didn't take too long. Now, growing up, did you watch any lacrosse? And if so, who were some of your favorite players and teams that you admired? Yeah, I always watched a ton of lacrosse, like especially all of the ACC games, because those were always the ones that you could just watch on TV. Um, But I think, honestly, getting to watch my club coach, McKinley Currow, play in the pro league, um, pro women's lacrosse had just started, and she was on the inaugural um, Long Island Sound team. And it was just so cool to be able to go to her games and know that she had come from my club program and then also the state of New Hampshire and then started being the club director at the club team I played for, Granite State Elite. And just getting to see her play just brought 
uh, the next level so close to home and sort of inspired me that I could play division one or I could make lacrosse whatever I wanted it to be. So I think I watched a ton of lacrosse, but definitely getting to see her and getting to go to her games in person and getting to see her play with Kayla Trainer and other like all world level lacrosse players was just something that was so special growing up. Now, before college, you played for New Hampton School. So talk about your high school lacrosse experience with New Hampton and what you took away from it. Yeah, so I actually started high school at St. Paul's School, which is another boarding school in New Hampshire. And so I went there for two years and uh, it just wasn't really the best fit for me. It's a super academic school. And I think I was in a little bit over my head and it was definitely more of a lacrosse decision for me going there. And I was definitely in over my head. So uh, once COVID came around, I sort of saw that as a good time to reevaluate where I was. And I mean, boarding school recruiting is sort of similar to the NCAA. And so I sort of circled back and um, remembered that I had loved New Hampton and I had loved the coaches and the people in admissions. And I reached out to them and they were so welcoming from the start of sure you didn't decide to go here your freshman year but now um you want to come here and they brought me right on board and i played field hockey too so i got super acclimated with all of the girls and also it, it's just great to have been able to play for a high school program that has had so many talented lacrosse players come out of it i mean dempsey arsenal is one of the top players in our sport ever and Asa Goldstock also is a New Hampton graduate. So I think just being able to play for such a long line legacy of women's lacrosse players at such a small local school um, in New Hampshire was just so special. Now, what's like your favorite uh, memory from New Hampton when you look back on it now? Oh my gosh. So I honest, I loved boarding school. It's such a unique experience and you get so close with your classmates and your teammates and your teachers and Obviously, there was a lot of big wins and overtime games that definitely felt really good. But I think the most memorable events that I can remember came from our spring break trip senior year, which we couldn't travel very far because of COVID. There was still some regulations. So we had about 30 or 40 of us girls staying in a tiny house on Squam Lake, which is a lake in New Hampshire. And we cooked every meal together. We had double sessions every day. We played a ton of games, but we just had the funniest team. And so getting to spend a week together in a small house with 40 of us was so chaotic, but also just, I have some of the best memories with those girls from that week. I don't know what the sleeping arrangement would have been like. That must have been tough <laughs> oh my to gosh. fall asleep. We had, like, we had like three of us to a bed and there was air mattresses everywhere. Like the underclassmen had the air mattresses, the upperclassmen got the beds, but it was, it was crazy for sure. Now, how do you think your high school lacrosse experience sort of helped prepare you for Louisville oh, when you look back on it now as well? Yeah, I think my lacrosse experience, sorry, I have like, so much i'm gonna move over a table because the light can't really see me it's all good <laughs> it's probably worse on my end because for some reason you can't you might i'm i'm darker in the background yeah. super light the sun just decided to come right in my face there um but anyway so i think my lacrosse experience was just a fraction of what my experience at new hampton was as a whole i mean going to boarding school you learn so much about yourself at such a young age and in the stuff you don't think about, like you're getting yourself up 
for class or for your sport, for whatever you have to do. And you're living with a roommate for the first time and you're navigating those relationships. And I think just having the experience of being on my own and having to sort of make my own choices with what I wanted to do. And if I wanted to go to the gym before school and work out, wasn't something that I had to do, but it was something that I got to choose to do. And I think that helped my transition here where my schedule was going to be so busy and I was going to have to wake up and go to lift and I wouldn't have anyone that would be, you know, making sure I was up or it wasn't really a choice or I have to be on time to practice and I have to get my schoolwork done. I think already having to be essentially being in college, but being in high school um, really just helped me for when I got here in terms of time management and just sort of being responsible for myself and my actions and the choices I make. So now during high school, you received the Anna Menke lacrosse award. Uh, what did receiving that mean to you? Yeah. So Anna Menke uh, played at Princeton and she was also another phenomenal women's lacrosse player that played at New Hampton. And honestly, it was just such an honor. I mean, I got hurt my senior year. Um, I had broken my ankle and so to, I didn't really expect to be honored with anything because I didn't really get to play. But I think just knowing that even though I didn't get to play in all of my games and I really only got about half of the season, that I left an impact on the program and that my coaches and my teammates and the school as a whole felt that way about me, that I made enough of an impact to receive an award. And honestly, just be in the same category as Anna Mankey or Dempsey Arsenal or the other players who have gotten it is just, it's, it's a good list of names to, to be around. So it was definitely a huge honor. Now talk about your recruiting process with Louisville and what made you want to go there versus other schools you might've looked at. What makes someone from New Hampshire want to go to the middle <laughs> of the country and go to Louisville? Yeah. So it's sort of like a unique um, place to go. It's sort of untouched territory in terms of my club team. I'm actually, I'm the first player from New Hampshire to ever play here. We've only had a handful of New England girls play here as well. And I think that was something that was super unique to me that, you know, I had the opportunity to be the first um, and to sort of stray away from the path that a lot of other people um, were taking. But also I think from a young age, I knew the ACC is where I wanted to play because it is, I mean, most people are going to argue it's the most competitive conference in the country. And that was always super appealing to me. But then also just the treatment you get at a power five school. And especially here, like we're so spoiled with what we get um, in terms of our living situation, our field, our facilities, all of that. I mean, after I saw the campus here and what I was going to get, even as just a freshman, it was sort of hard to look at anything else. Um, and that was something that was super special to know that our coaches and the athletic director and the university and just the city as a whole really values the student athletes and the women's at the female athletes and also women's lacrosse, which isn't a revenue sport, were treated just as well as anyone else, which was something that was super special. And then in terms of lacrosse, I think it's pretty unique to be able to play for the Canadian national team coaching staff. I mean, Scott Teeter's a phenomenal coach. He's led Team Canada to world championships, gold medals. So that was something that was super attractive. But then also getting the chance to sort of be in this position in the ACC where we can be the first Louisville team 
to go to an ACC tournament or to win an ACC championship or just to keep advancing is something that's so unique. And it's such a special opportunity to be a part of pushing the needle forward and really growing this program to a true like blue blood powerhouse like we know we can be. So, What's it like playing the ACC and just the competition you face each game? Because I would agree with you that it's probably the best <laughs> conference in women's lacrosse, but I will say that the Big Ten probably – might have the number at least this past year because of Northwestern. Yeah, the Big Ten's great too. So we're probably head to head with the two best. But I mean, um, the ACC, every game you walk into, you don't know who's going to win. I mean, anyone could beat anyone on any day. And also just there's nothing like the feeling of winning an ACC game. Um, My first ACC win was actually against Pitt in our football stadium and it was just amazing. It just feels so good to get a win off of a really good team and knowing how hard you have to work. But also, I think the craziest thing for me about playing in the ACC, especially with all of the fifth years and COVID years and a lot of older girls still playing in the conferences, I'd line up to take a draw and I'd be going against players that I had watched on TV when I was a freshman in high school. So. So just to be around so many girls on my team that I would watch on TV, girls on the other team that you would watch on TV and sort of idolize and want to be like growing up, then to get to play against them and play with them is, it's honestly so surreal and it's crazy. So the ACC is definitely a special place to play for sure. Who was the one player you went up against in the draw where you're like, wow, like I can't believe I'm going up against her. Oh my gosh, when we played Boston College and it was Ryan Smith, I was like, okay, like I've seen her play a million. Honestly, everyone, I mean, everyone we played against, um, Syracuse had some older draw takers, Duke, obviously, Maddie Jenner is like the draw taker. So, I mean, it's pretty cool just to line up with girls that you've seen on TV. Now, as a freshman, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse? So I sort of have a unique story coming into college because I had got here, we had practiced two or three times. And then I went to practice one day and I like, didn't feel great. Like I knew I felt sick, um, but I was like, I'm new here. Like I got to tough it out. Like I'll just get through practice. I'll go home. Like I'll take some NyQuil and I'll recover. I'll be fine. So I made it through practice. And then the next morning I woke up and I felt horrible, like the worst I had ever felt in my life. And I didn't really know what to do. And I also don't remember doing this, but I ended up ordering an Uber to the campus doctor. And I got out of the Uber, I got into the elevator, and then someone had found me in the elevator. And I was completely unconscious. I didn't have a pulse and I wasn't breathing. So they called 911. And basically I had gone into septic shock, which is uh, a really a rare reaction to a um, to another sickness is basically what happened. So I had tonsillitis, and instead of the antibodies in my body fighting the tonsillitis, it attacked my body, and so I was declining rapidly. And so I ended up spending two weeks in the hospital um, before I was able to come back to campus, and then even longer before I could start practicing again because. I'm truly so lucky to be alive. Um, The doctors had said if it was even hours or minutes later, I probably wouldn't have been here. So I definitely didn't have a traditional transition 
um, to playing lacrosse at, or in college or even just being in college. So I think for me, that was definitely the hardest thing is I get here and I get so sick and it feels so random and like it could have never happened. And then all of a sudden now I'm also needing to play catch up on the lacrosse field and needing to get back in shape. And obviously I lost a lot of weight being in the hospital. So it was sort of having, it was like I was playing catch up. Um, but I think I just had to sort of trust the process and know that I would get caught up if I was doing the right things and that freshman year is hard for everyone and you got to integrate into the systems and get up to the speed of the game. So I sort of had to just take it on the chin and push through it and get to the spring. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's very scary to listen about. I'm glad that everything's okay now, I hope. Yeah, everything's great now. It was just really scary at the time. So now, how did you sort of catch up or what, how did that sort of work? Um, when did you sort of feel like you were sort of with everybody on the team? Um, I think, I mean, all of the girls on the team were so great. They came to visit me in the hospital and I really didn't even know them yet. So I always felt good with the team socially, but I mean, obviously like the transition's hard. Like I was playing in New Hampshire and obviously like the New England prep school league is a great association, but it's nothing like this. Like I was 18 years old and I was playing against fifth years and playing with fifth years that had been doing this for a long time. And so I think it just takes every freshman time, you know, get your feet under you and learn the systems and learn the plays is a huge piece of it. And then also learning like, how can I adapt my skill set and my strengths into these systems um, while also supporting my teammates and their strengths? So it just takes time, um, but it felt like it got better each day. So, yeah. So one one particular game I wanted to talk to you about was this past season, your team beat 25th ranked Colorado early in the season. So talk about how big that win was for your team and sort of what it meant for you to kick off your college career on a good note um, that, that it, after that game. Yeah. So that weekend we had both Denver, I think we had Denver come to us on Friday and Colorado came on Sunday or something like that. And um, we got up four, nothing on Denver and ended up losing five, four and Denver at the time was, I think a top five or top 10 ranked team. Obviously they went on a great run to, the final four. And I think after losing that close game, we felt a little bit um, underplayed and like no one was really talking about it, but we also knew that a good loss wasn't good enough. Um, but I think we also saw like, Hey, look, we can hang with everyone. Like a top ranked Denver team is going to come here and like, we're going to lead the whole game. And it didn't obviously like losing's hard and it didn't end our way, but we held a team to five goals and we held the top team in the nation to five goals. So I think we really built upon that and that taste in our mouth that that really hard loss left. And I think we had Sunday and Colorado came in and we knew that we were unranked and they probably weren't thinking much about us. And I think we just really um, put the pedal down and pushed through that game. And I think we led the whole game. And so that was really, that was my first win. Um, with this Louisville team. And it was just so special. It um, obviously feels great to beat a ranked opponent, especially when you're not ranked. And I think that's a game that we still talk about because we played a full game and obviously the whole game's not gonna go your way. They're, you're gonna get scored on, people are gonna make mistakes. But I think that game, we did a great job of 
not letting what was happening affect us and know if they were going to score, we were going to score two more times. And yeah, it was just, it's just so special to get to beat any power five team, play any power five game is it's just a really special experience. Now, during your freshman year, you've kept on improving and getting better. Uh, what would you say is the biggest improvement you've made to your game throughout your time with Louisville so far? Yeah. So I think what's been the hardest for me is the decision-making and how quick it has to be. Also, you know, being a draw specialist, you get the ball, but then it's sort of the, then what? And I think a lot of that um, comes with experience. And so obviously coming in as a freshman, I didn't have much experience, but I was sort of able to earn my time as the season went on. And that's just sort of, um, it gives me a sense of confidence coming into my sophomore year that you know, it's not my first time playing any team or it's not my first draw I'm taking in a game. And so I think um, just as I got more experience, I got more confident and I'm just hoping to sort of carry that through into my sophomore year and beyond, because obviously confidence on the draw is it's half the battle. So. How do you work on your draw control strategies? Obviously, this is the draw control podcast, so <laughs> I feel like I have to ask you about that. But I don't you want I don't want you to reveal any secrets to your opponents that might be listening <laughs> to this. So just give us a little insight about sort of how you work on that area of your game. Yeah. So we have great coaches. Um last year we worked with Kay Morsa on the draw, but she's no longer a part of our program. So we have a new coach, Megan Patrick, who came over from Kent State and She's been awesome so far, but honestly, I just have to give so much credit to the entire unit um, of draw girls. I have a fifth year, and then last year I had a senior with me, and then another girl in my class, and now we also have a freshman, and I think we're all super into it, and just being able to wrap draws out against each other or do some little wrist strength drills and that sort of stuff together, and just being a part of a supportive group of girls that obviously we're all in the same position, um, but we're able to help each other out and really work hard together, which is something that's awesome. Now, as a midfielder, how do you sort of work on your versatility, being a good defender, but also being a good offensive minded player and sort of having that transition and trying to get possession and stuff like that? Yeah. So I think it's just like taking it a play at a time. Um, and obviously people have their strengths. I'd say I'm more of an offensive player in terms of when I'm actually playing midfield and I'm not a FOGO. Um, but I think it's just like being a sponge and taking in everything my coaches have to say. Like, we're so fortunate to have such a great coaching staff and also have girls that have played for Team Canada or Team Japan or Team Mexico that have just taken so much from people that they've learned from and just being able to listen to everything everyone has to say and then just focusing on the little things and taking it one play at a time um, is sort of what you have to do or else you'll get a little overwhelmed and you'll miss out on the little things. Now, how would you evaluate your team's performance this past season from your perspective? So we talk a lot um, about this word since I've been here and even before, and it's sort of the so close thing for us where you know, it really feels like we can hang with any team in the country and we've had some good losses, but I mean, to us, a good, a good loss isn't good enough at this point. And we all want to prove that we're better in the ACC and also in the country than um, we show up. Um, but it really just takes a marquee win from us. And we've been trying hard at it. We've 
played some really close games in my time here and before here. I know some of the girls took Boston College to overtime um, the year before I got here. And then um, we had a one goal game with Duke last year and then we beat Duke last year. Um, but I mean, we're going to have to knock off someone else in the ACC and we know that and we all want that. So I think we look back at last year and it was a hard year. There was great moments, but there was also moments that um, we probably wouldn't want to feel again. And I know that that sits with all of us in the locker room that have been there before. It's hard to lose a game so close, especially when you know that you can get up on a team with a huge lead and just watch it slip away. So I think so close is sort of what we've been talking about for a long time, but we really want to make this year the year that we knock off some top 10, top five ranked teams or some strong teams in the ACC and really prove that we're also a great lacrosse team and that there's great lacrosse in Kentucky and that Louisville is also a great lacrosse school. And how are you going to use the lessons that you learned uh, from last year heading into this upcoming season? Like what are your team's goals and expectations uh, outside of obviously winning the ACC is obviously a goal for every team in the conference, but is there any other goals, I guess, that are on your team's radar that fans might not be aware of? Yeah. I mean, there are, there's pretty obvious goals, I think with any team, but I think something that we've been working on is really reminding ourselves almost daily of what our goal is. And we sort of like to say, we're not accepting anything less than the NCAA tournament. And um, we do have such a hard or a hard schedule, but having such a hard schedule also gives us the opportunity that, you know, if we can knock off a handful of ACC teams and maybe get a win over a Denver or Colorado or another strong Pac-12 or Big Ten team, that we can make the tournament. And I think that's definitely our biggest goal for the year is that we want to be in that NCAA tournament and prove that we belong there, too. So we're now in a segment I like to call five questions that have nothing to do with sports. And the goal of the segment is to hopefully get to know you a little bit more off the field. So my first one is if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself and why? Oh my God. This is sort of an easy question because people all the time tell me my voice sounds like Jennifer Lawrence. So I think I'd have her play me. I just have to. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde hair too, so it makes sense. Yeah, so it would work. But everyone says we have the same like raspy, deeper voice. So yeah, I'd say for me, probably Ryan Reynolds. I think that'll be cool. Or Ryan Gosling, just something yeah. that obviously I don't look anything like any of those guys, <laughs> but I just think it'll be fun to brag to my friends that they played me in a movie. Um oh, yeah. just because it'll be funny. It's more of like a joke, I think, than actually like acting or whatever. So that's <laughs> what I'll go with. Now, next one is, what is the most underrated holiday and what is the most overrated holiday? Um, okay, overrated holiday, New Year's Eve. I think there's so much pressure to have plans and I just never had plans. So maybe I'm just boring and salty about that. But um, underrated holiday, my favorite holiday by far is 4th of July. And it might just be because I love summer, but yeah. Yeah, I get that. 4th of July this year kind of stinked though because of the bad weather. I don't yeah, know if you were was, doing with that. Yeah, it was so rainy. Um, I was on the Cape with my friend. So we we find our ways to make the best of it. So well, I don't know if you watched like the Boston like fireworks things, but like it was so hazy. It was just like it was just yeah. not it wasn't really that good this past year. But yeah, no. normally it's pretty good. I would say I absolutely agree with you that New Year's Eve is 
completely overrated. You know, you're just waiting for a clock to turn midnight. And there's just, I don't know. It just, I, I think people like make it a bigger deal than it has to be. Um, and then underrated, I would say, is Thanksgiving, just because it sort of gets overshadowed by um, Halloween and Christmas. Um, but itself, it's a really fun holiday, spending time with family, eating good food and watching football. I don't think there's a lot of things that are better than that. So that's what I would go with. I like Thanksgiving, too. Whole week off of school, too. Exactly. Exactly. Now, who has the best off the field style on the Louisville women's lacrosse team? Oh, my gosh. Honestly, so many of the girls have great style um kylie dobson she's working a, a real job right now so we always love to see her businesswoman outfits when she walks into the locker room so i'm gonna have to go with dauber on that one just because i look forward to it every day seeing what pantsuit combo she has on coming in before practice i think you might have the best style on the team callie do you think um, you have the best style in all of women's uh, at least in the acc Oh my gosh, that would be kind of a crazy take. I don't, I don't think I need chirps about that um, when it gets to season. But I don't know. Our team's probably up there on the best style. We've got some pretty stylish girls on the team. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. So, now, what is one item on your bucket list that you hope to do one day? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I really want to skydive, but I'm super scared of heights. So I don't know how that would go, but also just when I'm done with college or if I ever get the time to, I'd, I'd love to travel. So, yeah, that'd be mine too. travel. I'd love to see different parts of the world. Um, and then last non lacrosse question is what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Oh, hmm. that's a good question. Oh, this is, here we go. So we had a football game this weekend against Boston College. And um, during one of the plays, I think it was in the third quarter, uh, we're sitting at the game and I swear that I see one of our defensemen do a cartwheel. And all of my friends were like, you didn't see him do a cartwheel, whatever. And then the video goes viral on ESPN and on TikTok and stuff that one of our defensive players did a cartwheel in the middle of the game during one of the plays. And so I texted my friends and I was like, was this actually a play or like, did this kid just do a cartwheel? And I guess it was written up in the, in the playbook, but. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know for me, probably just football stuff, like watching the Patriots game yesterday. It was kind of boring, but they got their first one in the season, which was good to see. So hopefully yeah, they get, yeah, I know. Hopefully they have a tough one against Dallas next week, but I, I'm, I, I'm still a believer, even though I'm still uh, Tom, even though Tom Brady's gone, which is disappointing. So yeah. now back to some lacrosse questions. Now, uh, what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective? Um, I think just making it more accessible, um, whether that's in terms of financial reasons, obviously lacrosse is, pretty expensive with the equipment you need, especially on the men's side, um, but also just getting it out in areas like Kentucky um, where lacrosse isn't super big, I think is something that's super special. And there's obviously been some great players that come through college and really put their state or their region on the map. So I think keep pushing along and also stuff like this, like this podcast, I mean, giving women's lacrosse players platforms to talk about their experiences and, being seen as division one athletes just as much as the next sport is super important. Now, speaking of the podcast, do you have any shout outs you want to give uh, 10 year teammates, family members, and friends, and who should we have on next? 
Yeah. Hi, mom. Uh, hi, grandma. Um, um, honestly, I have anyone on our team on. I mean, we're all super social. So I think there's a lot of girls that would be fun to have on the podcast for sure. Well, we'll definitely reach out to more people. I know you're the first uh, Louisville player on, but certainly won't be the last. So I just want to say, Callie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. I think you're a great player and an even better person and uh, best of luck uh, this upcoming season. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was super fun.